Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mung. Hey, guys, and extra jealous. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, week week six, we've got it in. We're here. We're ready to talk some fantasy football. Yeah, and as always, uh, we'll start with the recaps, and then we'll run through some uh, waiver wire pickups and uh, so a, a couple quick previews for next week's games of note. Um, That's real the outline. Quick, Let's get to the meat. Yeah, actually, before we uh, get to the Thursday night game, I wanted to bring up a couple quick notes to uh, watch for here tonight on Monday Night Football. We've got the New York Giants at Philadelphia, and uh, Odell Beckham is expected to play, I think, uh, assuming health. uh, He's going to have a pretty big night. The uh, Philadelphia secondary has struggled recently. And then also on the Giants side, uh, I would keep an eye out on Dwayne Harris in the slot. Uh, he's kind of growing into that role more and more as the season progresses, especially with Victor Cruz still hurt. Yeah, to me, Dwayne Harris is the most interesting guy right now on the Giants' side of the ball in terms of an information-gathering perspective. Um, Ruben Randall has been, you know, shaky. Let's see what this guy can do, um, if he can step up and gain a little bit of uh, value for himself. Yeah, Ruben Randall also expected to play even with his hamstring issue as well. Um, also, just one last thing on the Giants side. I do want to see how Vereen's going to do because uh, there, there were reports this week that the Giants were trying some different formations with uh, both Vereen and also Rashad Jennings lined up in the slot. Hmm, interesting. We'll see what they can do. Yeah, and uh, on the flip side here uh, for Philadelphia, I, I kind of want to see how Josh Huff's going to do with Nelson Aguilar out due to his ankle injury. Um, and then also Ryan Matthews is active, so we'll continue to monitor that split in the backfield of Philadelphia. All right, that's what's going to happen. Let's talk about what already happened. Yeah, so uh, Thursday night, uh, Atlanta at New Orleans, uh, you know, they went in undefeated, and unfortunately they took a tough loss here uh, in New Orleans. Uh, Matt Ryan was fine fantasy-wise. You know, he got you 295 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, he's still a fine low-end QB1 for the season, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was for you, who man. Absolutely. Um, he's going to be just fine. Nothing to see here. Same with Breeze, really. You start both these quarterbacks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, didn't see a whole lot of work. It's basically the Devontae Freeman show right now in Atlanta. He is just absolutely on fire. Um, not not much need to talk about him. He's a surefire RB1 that you're going to start up every week. But I do want to mention that I, I would not drop Tevin Coleman. I, I do still hold out some hope that he is going to get involved. I do think that they had uh, bigger plans for him on Thursday night until he fumbled that football. Coleman was doing well before uh, he got hurt and Freeman took the job from him. Uh, Coleman did pretty well this night, uh, 10 yards per carry. I mean, he only got a couple touches, but he did what they asked of him with those touches. So I would definitely still hang on to him. Don't drop him if you've been holding him this for uh, for this point. And if he's sitting there in your league, I would grab him, um, even in a 10 team. Yeah, I, I would comp uh, Coleman a little bit to Ryan Matthews. Uh, you know, Murray's getting most of the most of the work right now in Philly, as is Freeman. But if, if anything were to happen, I think they would step in and do pretty well. Yeah, probably a little less infuriating to Owen than uh, Matthews, unfortunately, because Matthews, it looks like when you don't start him, you only put up 20 points, then you start him and he'll give you 1.5. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, as for Julio, uh, six for 93, certainly not uh, one of his monster games, but you'll take that. You're not going to complain about that. And uh, we did get reports that he is practicing today on Monday. Uh, certainly bodes well for him for next week's game. Yeah. How about the other side of the field? Nothing really to discuss on Jones. Um, Hankerson, Roddy White. White picked up the touchdown here. I still think it's Hankerson, um, even even with the, the hobbled of a, that he has right now but what do you think yeah it's close i, I think hankerson's the the 2a to roddy's 2b neither of them are, are solid starts but if i had to flex one any given week it would be hankerson over white yeah i just can't i can't justify justify owning roddy white anymore at this point yeah and uh certainly jacob tammy we thought he might get a little bit more work here with uh the wide receivers banged up a little bit but he did nothing i think he's gonna be just a low mid-end tight end too at best yeah admittedly bad call by me uh tammy is not a guy i will ever look to again he burned me once shame on me and i don't give second chances (laughs) (laughs) fair enough uh Next week, Atlanta gets uh, Tennessee. Certainly not scared of that matchup. I'm starting all the Falcons that you normally would start. Um, and then yes, maybe, maybe even their defense, uh, if, if Mariota can't go, especially. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Tennessee can put together with uh, Mettenberger at the helm, if that's what... You know, we'll, we'll talk about them. Yeah, not much is the answer to that, but uh, we'll get there. Um, yeah. On the other side, as you mentioned, uh, Breeze was fine against a bad Atlanta defense. Uh, he's still just a low QB one. He's not. He's not the uh, shooting uh, Drew Breeze of old. Um, you know, he certainly looks better, especially with that shoulder injury that he suffered a few weeks back. I think he's fine, but again, he's certainly not elite at this point. Player matchups. That's all I can say. Yeah, on the other hand, uh, Mark Ingram also did not look that great, but uh, as long as he keeps getting that goal line work, uh, Ingram's going to be a solid running back one. They're feeding him the football. He's the top running back in this offense, which we saw in the preseason. We've said it a billion times. They're trying to establish a run game on this team a little more. Uh, 20 carries here, a couple more looks uh, as a receiving back. He's just fine for you. Two touchdowns. Yeah, and as, as sad as it makes me, um, I think it's time to drop C.J. Spiller, uh, Kyrie Robinson. They're they're both just handcuffs at this point. They they did absolutely nothing. I think Kyrie. If you're going to own one of them, Kyrie Robinson is the guy that you have to own. C.J. Spiller. He's he could be a very good back, very dynamic playmaker. But if Sean, that said, if Sean Payton can't make it happen, I don't know who can. It's baffling to me that uh, Peyton made, uh, you know, Sproles uh, and used him so well, and now he just doesn't seem to know how to use uh, CJ Spiller at all. But uh, yeah, at this point in the season, if it hasn't happened yet, uh, you're certainly missing out on other guys on the waivers if uh, you're still holding on to them. Absolutely. That said, if you if you still think there's a good lottery ticket potential there, I mean, hang on to him. If there's nothing, if if the if the cupboard's bare, sometimes it's best hang on to what you've already bought yeah i mean it all depends on uh, how deep a, a, a bench that you have and who's out there on the waiver wire you know i'm not dropping cj spiller for a guy like lance moore but certainly if you know ronnie hillman or james starks is out there then you know spiller's certainly droppable. Oh. it's all dependent on who's out there oh yeah a thousand percent um okay so on the receiving side uh Will, willie sneed here four for 55 brandon cooks four for 41 uh like i said I, I don't think cooks is a wide receiver too i think he's a wide receiver three and sneed is you know just as good yeah you, i i don't agree that sneed's just as good i still think cooks is the clear number one there um going forward i still look to him to be a high 
high level number two wideout. Uh, I, I just like what I see out of him. He didn't really get the targets this game. Um, that could just be game planning based on that Falcon side. They did something to force them to throw the football to Ben Watson 12 times. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, as in the past, that is what Drew Brees does. He spreads it around, and who knows, uh, you know, who's going to have that touchdown any given week. Yeah, but to, for, for Watson to get 12 targets, that means the defense was really taking Cooks out of the game. Sure, but at the same time, you know, any given week, who knows if it's Snead or Cooks or Watson that's going to get the touchdown. Yep. Would you start Willie Sneed in the flex? I still don't think I would at this point. Depends on my other options, but uh, I think if I, if I needed production there, I would be okay with that. Okay. Um, as for Ben Watson, uh, he did have a monster game here, uh, but again, as you said, that was sort of game flow dependent. Uh, 10 for 127 and a touchdown on 12 targets. Uh, still a tight end too for me. Yeah, he's he's unownable for me. Uh, I think in a desperation start, he's fine just because we've seen that, you know, Breeze will, uh, you know, if he sees him open alone uh, somewhere on the field. I don't think you'll ever be that desperate in a 12 team. <laughs> All right. Well, certain. I mean, you know, keep an eye out on Watson. I mean, he shouldn't be owned necessarily, but certainly this is how Gary Barnes started out. If we do see Watson start to get more consistent targets, then he may be. Yeah, I don't know. Barnage. Barnage will be sitting there. Grab him, start him. <laughs> well, you don't, we'll, you don't we'll have get to, to worry him. about Watson. We'll get to Barnage. But uh, New Orleans going to uh, Indy next week uh, after their tough loss to New England. Uh, certainly going to be another shootout there uh, with both defenses struggling right now. And, you know, start all your Saints as you normally would. Definitely. Okay, so let's move on to Washington at New York then. Um, yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, he's a bye week quarterback depending on the matchups. Uh, certainly a, a tough game against the the New York Jets, especially after uh, the Jets are coming off their bye. They get Sheldon Richardson back, and Washington loses two of their offensive linemen. Oh, I don't, I don't even think I can endorse Cousins as a bye week quarterback. He he does nothing but throw interceptions. I mean, I guess not nothing. He did throw a touchdown, but he he throws a lot more touch, uh, interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah, but uh, apparently Gruden's going to stick with him over RG3. So, uh, you know, yeah, again, it all depends on what the options are out there. Uh, I have started Cousins in, a pa- in the past, depending on matchup. So you're, you're certainly, it's certainly high risk, high reward. Cousins will have those random three, four touchdown games here and there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Alfred Morris, uh, you know, you don't have to, but I think if if you needed to drop him for somebody, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, if you could get away with trading him for somebody, um, I know I know somebody a couple weeks ago in a league traded him. Now, obviously, this isn't going to happen anymore, so it's a completely irrelevant point. But three weeks ago, I know somebody that traded Al Morris for Martavis Bryant, and that looked pretty good. Yeah, you know, if you can, maybe even try to sell low, if you will. Maybe try to trade him for another struggling guy like C.J. Anderson or something. Uh, you know, because at this point, I, I think even if you know, you're getting somebody who's struggling but has higher upside, then then I would be willing to take that from Morris. Yeah, even even a Ronnie Hillman, if if people are still looking, I don't I don't see how you could, but he was probably undrafted in a lot of leagues. People are more apt to trade people that they've picked up off of waiver wiver. Uh just just as an inherent, you know, just inherent human dynamics. You'd rather trade somebody that you got for nothing than somebody you actually drafted. Um, which is not how you should evaluate your trades, but that's how a lot of people do. 
Right. It's that inherent uh, mental bias of, you know, not wanting to let go of someone you've invested in per se. Of course. Um, but These, I, I, I gotta say, I was expecting to see much more out of Morris with, with, uh, Jones, not in this game. Um, I don't like anything in this running back situation. Granted, they played a very tough jets defense, but still, I don't think they're going to be able to muster up enough offense to really make anybody here more than an RB, a low end RB two. Yeah, I do think that, uh, you know, having the two offense linemen out uh, against a good uh, run defense on the Jets uh, didn't certainly didn't help their uh, help their cause. But if, if there's one running back I want to own here, uh, it's going to be Chris Thompson, especially in PPR leagues. To uh, me, it's only in a PPR league. Yeah, I mean, you know, led the team with 10 targets. He's he's the guy I want. He he left with a, a back injury here, but uh, luckily we've heard that it's not too serious and hopefully he'll be ready for next week. So. Again, in one of my leagues, I'm desperate enough uh, in PPR to start Chris Thompson, but he's the only guy here. Yep. I, I, don't, I still don't know if I know what to make of this wide receiver situation. Uh, Garçon still seems to be the guy they want to be the leader of the pack, but just Cousins is so ineffective. Yeah, and, and again, part of it is that the Jets do have a good defense. They're, they're allowing uh, fewer than two touchdowns per game right now to opposing offenses. Uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the touchdowns that the Redskins scored to keep it close uh, in, a, in this 20 to 34 loss was, was scored by their defense. So certainly the Jets are a good defense in general. Um, but I do think that Crowder out of the slot is going to have a lot of value because if you look at the target percentage, uh, Crowder had nine targets compared to Garcon's eight. Now Garcon did get the touchdown, but uh, any given week, I think this is another muddled situation where it's going to be a crapshoot. If there's one wide receiver I want on this team, and it's because this team will see will see a good deal of garbage time. People are probably all very low on these uh, Washington Redskins wide receivers. If you can go out and get Deshaun Jackson for absolutely nothing, he could provide good value for you when he eventually returns. Just with the sheer amount of garbage time, they need to huck this ball down the field. Yeah, if you're going to be you know five and one or four and two after this week, you don't need the immediate production. I do think Jackson will still be fine. Uh, Cousins has a decent deep ball at least. Yeah, I, I could see that's something I could see. I could see somebody doing like an Al Morris for Deshaun Jackson sort of trade. I, I could definitely see a Deshaun Jackson owner going, "Hey, this is the lead back in a running game. You know, running back one on an NFL team." I could see somebody do, pulling a trade like that, and I'd want the Jackson side of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it'll be tough to pull off in some leagues, but certainly worth a shot. Um, as for the tight end situation, you know, Derek Carrier stepped in with Reed still out with the concussion, which you know we we hope he'll get better. Certainly, uh, just for him, not even for football. Washington needs to teach their tight ends how to not get concussions. That's a significant issue. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know Carrier here just got four targets, caught all four balls, but he's uh, you know he's not on the tight end radar for fantasy. No, definitely not. Um, next week, though, Tampa Bay comes to town. Uh, you know, Cousins could be an okay QB if you've got like a Rodgers on by, something like that. We'll s- depending on your options. Um, again, uh, if Morris is out against Tampa Bay, I'd, I'd be willing to give him a shot. I don't know. I don't know if I can endorse that. I, I maybe in a maybe in a daily, if you're going to stack him on somebody, something crazy like that in a cheap in a cheaper buy-in sort of league. But I cannot get behind starting Kirk Cousins. All right, well, I mean, if Matt Jones is out again, and I, I think Alfred Morris. You know I'm a Cousins guy. I do know. Uh, I'm surprised that you still are, but uh, no, but I'm saying Alfred Morris is certainly worth a shot. We've seen Tampa Bay struggle against the run. Uh, if Matt Jones is out again, um, you know, he could do decently. 
Well, that's your call. I, I hope you're right. All right. Um, well, on the other side here, uh, for the New York Jets, Ryan Fitzpatrick willing and dealing, uh, you know, he just kind of rolled this bad Washington secondary who <laughs> was without their starting cornerbacks, um, even had that big rushing touchdown. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick is going to be okay against a, a struggling New England secondary next week. Uh, certainly, Belichick will have some tricks up his sleeve for the Jets. Um, but you know, in one in one league where I have Aaron Rodgers on a bye this coming week, uh, I'm going to be starting Fitzpatrick. This is where I would put my bye week start as well. Uh, the Ivy Leaguer just abusing the Washington secondary and uh, and the front seven running in on that touchdown, uh, real, real sneaky, sneaky. Um, he looked good. He looked real good against a bad team, but that's what you're supposed to do when you, you go out there and you perform. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the mark of a good player to be able to kind of beat up on, you know, bad teams. Um, yeah. Certainly, I, I hope that the Jets get a, a big win. If only we can see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's kid on the on the stand again. Uh, certainly would be worth that. Um, as, as for Chris Ivory, uh, he's, you know, he's always had a spotty injury history just because of how he runs. But, I mean, when he's on the field right now, I, I don't know how he's not a clear running back one at this point. He was a good running back when he was the uh, running back three in New Orleans years ago. He's a good running back now. He's had the injury injury riddled history, but you know you, you can't really you can't really lean on that too much. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody has their chance. This dog is having his day this year. Own Chris Ivory, stardom, never look back. Yeah, and uh, don't worry about Zach Stacy's thirteen carries in this game. That was purely garbage time. At that point, the game was already out of hand. Uh, certainly not worried about him eating into any of Chris Ivory's workload. No, you couldn't be too angry. Ivory already put up 20-plus points for you. Don't get greedy. Yeah, and as for uh, as for Brandon Marshall, he's a solid <sighs> wide receiver one right now. You know, we were kind of worried about him going to New York, but uh, he's getting 32% of the team's targets through five games, um, and that's not all that different from what he had with Cutler in Chicago uh, for, you know, those three years. He averaged 34%, so he's not far off of that. Um, and right now, Marshall is on pace for 173 targets this season. Uh, he only averaged 154 in the three years that he played in Chicago. So he's on he's on pace for a really big season right now. Now, I expect that to to decrease a little bit. Eric Decker coming back off of injury should uh, chip into that work a little more. But Brandon Marshall has produced with far worse quarterbacks than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, he... You know, he was great in Miami all those years. And, uh, you know, certainly I, I understand that the targets may go down a little bit with Decker more healthy, but th- this offense doesn't really target the tight end. Um, and with, you know, defenses focused on stopping Chris Ivory, both he and Decker um, are kind of getting loose. And, you know, we've seen Marshall still make those really good catches. Uh, the touchdown was a bad throw by Fitzpatrick. When oh, Marshall, that was an amazing play. Yeah, he just scooped it up, and then he beat the defender, kind of juked him out of his shoes, and then just ran it in. Yeah, um, definition of a shoestring catch, $100 catch, million-dollar move, seven-point touchdown, six-point touchdown. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've seen Eric Decker again, fewer <laughs> targets here. Um, but he's had a touchdown every game that he's played so far. Um, he's a solid wide receiver three right now. I mean, as long as he keeps getting those red zone targets. When you're playing opposite of a man like Brandon Marshall, you will find yourself opportunities. And Decker has been a guy that's found most of his career playing opposite a very good uh, wide receiver prior to this playing opposite uh, Demarius Thomas. So he knows how to find his niche, find his role and be productive. 
Yeah, this uh, this Jets offense is just looking good in general under Chan Gailey. Um, at again at New England next week, not scared of that secondary. They should be fine. No, I, I I'm thinking they're going to put up another thirty points next week. Yeah, they're they're a top ten offense right now. Bet the over. Yeah, and uh, okay, so let's move on to Arizona at Pittsburgh then. Carson Palmer, uh, 421 yards passing, uh, but two INTs. Certainly didn't expect Pittsburgh to win this game, but Palmer's still a solid QB1 going forward. Not worried about that. Um, Chris Johnson here, still the main running back, but he couldn't really get it going in short yardage. Uh, we may see more David Johnson. I don't know. I, I think he should definitely be owned. If, if he's out there on, his way, on the waiver wire, uh, he needs to be picked up. I think I think Arizona just put up a bit of a stinker. I mean, that said, Palmer still had over 400 yards uh, throwing, but they just sometimes you go out there and you just don't perform, unfortunately. And this was one of those days. I feel like Pittsburgh was outmatched in this game, but they found a way. And that's that's why you take, you know, the top athletes in the world, put them together on a football field. That's why they play the games. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, Andre Ellington here, he didn't do much either. He had one carry for seven yards. But again, Ellington will will salvage his fantasy day a lot of times uh, in the passing game. Two for 47 receiving. Um, certainly still worth a flex start, especially in PPR leagues. Um, and again, uh, I, I think that David Johnson needs to be owned. I, I hope that, uh, you know, if, if he's out there, you're grabbing him this week. Definitely. Own and hold. Treat Chris Johnson as a... Uh... Mid-range RB2, Andre Ellington as a flex, David Johnson as a must-own. Yeah, especially because both Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington have been banged up a lot in the past. Um, As for the receivers, Michael Floyd... Yeah, do you finally believe me that all three of them are must-owns now? Yeah, yeah, I certainly uh, can't fault you for that. Um, But, uh, you know, on the receiving side here, you know, we said, or I said at least, that Michael Floyd was droppable. He got the touchdown here. Um, but I'm still not expecting that much from him. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's a wide receiver for, he's going to be boomer bust. No, I Carson Palmer's not going to throw the ball 45 times every game. He's not going to throw it for his 420 yards every game, but Michael Floyd, just like, just like, uh, David Johnson is a must hold and own to me. Michael Floyd is a handcuff wide receiver. Yeah, I guess, but I'm just, uh, you know, um, we ha- we haven't seen Larry Fitzgerald miss, miss that time despite his advancing age, and, and John Brown seems to be more or less durable, so I'm not too worried about uh, owning Michael Floyd, um, but uh, I certainly understand uh, if you want to hold on to him, uh, but uh, obviously Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown are still the wide receivers you want here. Finally, John Brown has his big coming out party, uh, you know, 10 for 196. We told you it was coming. It was really just a matter of time uh, of you know, all those pass interference penalties turning into actual catches. Yep, exactly what we've been waiting for. Um, okay, so we don't need to cover Fitz or Brown too much. Uh, they're they're pretty easy starts. Uh, yeah. Um, and just a quick preview, Arizona gets Baltimore at home next week. Oh, baby, just start everyone. Even Michael Floyd here, worth a shot. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> So uh, on the Pittsburgh side here, Michael Vick uh, tore, tore a muscle in his hamstring. Sounds like Landry Jones is going to get the start next week as well. He certainly did fine in this game. Yeah, um, churning apart that, uh, tearing apart that Arizona secondary. Two touchdowns? Not bad. Not yeah, bad that, at all. That's, that's shocking because Landry Jones looked awful in the preseason. But uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly in, in game time action, he's uh, stepped it up a little bit. And I, I really think the whole Steelers team has stepped it up. You know, their defense is making plays and 
you know, they're not, they're not just laying down with big Ben out. Well, one huge play obviously um, happened with Martavis, Bryant breaking open, getting, getting down the field. Um, if it wasn't for that play, Landry's day may not have looked quite as good as it did, but that was, I mean, that was a sweet play. That's why we, that's why you drafted and have been holding out of Martavis Bryant this long. Yeah. And you know, again, people criticize that, you know, oh, he made these fluke plays, but at some point it's no longer a fluke when you make these weekly. Yeah. Now, do you think this Pittsburgh offense, um, even when Ben comes back is going to be good enough to support both both starts for Martavis Bryant and Antonio Brown. Um, Brown's Absolutely, it did last year. Yeah, absolutely. When when Ben Roethlisberger is back, Antonio Brown is uh, again a top five wide receiver, and Martavis Bryant is a low end wide receiver two, uh, maybe a wide receiver three due to inconsistency. I hope so because it was fun to watch. Um, but that said, if if Roethlisberger doesn't start next week, if it's Landry Jones. I mean, I guess you're not sitting Bryant or Brown, but you've really got to temper your expectations. Uh, against Kansas City, I'm, I'm not afraid to start either or. Yeah, okay. Um, certainly their secondary has struggled as well. We'll get to that game uh, next. Um, yeah. But Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, not a great game, but you'll take 88 yards against a tough run defense like Arizona. He's still, you know, one of the top running backs. There's no need to discuss him much. Uh, he'll be better when Ben's back, obviously, but you're still starting him. He, I don't care who it is, Vic or Jones, they need to find Bell in the passing game. He's a dynamic back that provides tons of fantasy value, and he may have been the MVP of that team last year. Yeah, this is the first game that Le'Veon Bell did not have a catch in his career. Um, certainly, uh, you want to see him get more involved, but again, you're, you're certainly not benching him for fantasy purposes. No, that's um, not happening anytime soon. Um, Heath Miller, uh, go ahead and go ahead and drop him. Yeah, how about that uh, Marcus Whedon? How's that working out for you? Yeah, I was wrong. I, I was dead wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, we've both been wrong. I uh, we <laughs> That Reggie Bush call was pretty awful. Um, I'm yeah. still kind of reeling from that. But again, um, Kansas City secondary next week. Uh, certainly fine with starting all your Steelers. And if you're really desperate, Landry Jones in a two-quarterback league or something, sure, throw him in and see what happens. Lurs Nation, rise up. All right, so now uh, let, let's talk about Kansas City. Um, look, you're not really starting Alex Smith. He's a QB2 matchup dependent. Um, but for the running back situation with Jamal Charles out, uh, Sharkhandrick West, nine carries, uh, Niall Davis, five. Both looked pretty bad. Um, both had one catch. Uh, this, this offensive line is not that good, and Jamal Charles was really you know making something out of nothing, and that's tough for these guys to do. For me, Sharkhandrick West is a running back three or four at best, and Niall Davis is droppable because West got all the work near the goal line as well. I'm not so certain. Uh, this Minnesota defense is quietly uh, pretty solid against the run, as a matter of fact. Um, I can't refute your point that Niall Davis or that uh, Jamal Charles makes makes nothing into something. I mean, he's the, he's got the most yards per carry, uh, highest yards per carry average of any running back in the history of the NFL. I would not be too afraid. Um, of hanging on to Charkandrick Weston or Niall Davis at this point. You went out of your way to pick him up. You burned those high waivers on him. Do not drop them. That would be a mistake at this point. First game starting for either of these guys this season. Um, let them let start to see what they can do. Let them start to put together a little bit of a rhythm. Give them give two weeks. I wouldn't necessarily start them this week. I know if, if that's killer, if that's killing you on your bench, um, you, you still burned a high waiver on him. You can't just go dropping him. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, for me, Niall Davis is droppable because clearly West is the guy here, but uh, certainly not dropping West just yet. Um, yeah. On the receiver side, Jeremy Macklin here uh, didn't do great, but he, he left the game with a concussion. Yeah, uh, big oh. loss for this offense. <laughs> Only going to make it harder for everybody. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, he'll come back healthy next week. Um, if he is if he is playing, I still think he's a low-end wide receiver, too, purely on volume. But we've seen that this entire offense is struggling without Charles. You know, he is their their centerpiece in this offense. Um, certainly, it was, uh, it was very muddled behind Jeremy Macklin, Albert Wilson, and Chris Conley with six and seven targets, respectively. Uh, but you're not counting on them except in very deep leagues, certainly not uh, adding them off waivers this week. There's far too many names that nobody's ever heard of getting far too many targets. That's a recipe for fantasy disaster. Um, you, you can maybe catch one on a, on, on a lucky week in a PPR league just because they're getting targets and catches, but I wouldn't trust anybody here in standard. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an ugly situation. Um, Charles is really that offense. Yeah, and uh, far too often, again, we're hearing all these no-names with catches when they should be calling Travis Kelsey's number a lot more often. Um, Certainly, we saw Kelsey get used a lot more in the second half of this game. Hopefully, his targets will continue to trend upward. I mean, what were they going to do? Keep running it with Charkandrick West and Al Davis? They need to get uh, Travis Kelsey more involved here. Travis Kelsey wants more than anybody else for Charkandrick West to be successful running the football because if he's not... And that means that the defense can key on him, him, blow him up, stuck, stick him at the line. You know, there's ways to eliminate uh, tight ends from football games. We see that a lot with Jimmy Graham as of late. Um, yeah, not good. Not a good situation for any of these Kansas City starters. Yeah, uh, to me, uh, Jeremy Macklin and Travis Kelsey both need to be getting double-digit tar- targets per game. Uh, that That's the key. You know, you, you need to get the ball to your playmakers, and Andy Reid seems to not want to do that. Um, but certainly, you're still starting Macklin and Kelsey. You'll take you'll take 5 for 88 from Kelsey, and, and Macklin would have likely produced more had he stayed in this game. Um, they get Pittsburgh at home next week. So, uh, certainly, you're starting both of those guys, Macklin if he's in, and West if you're desperate. Wow, that's a lot of time on Kansas City. A lot of time on a a team that we're not starting much of, right? Yeah, so, okay, let's move on. I know another team that we're not starting many people from. Well, I don't know anymore. Uh, You know, Teddy Bridgewater, certainly a better NFL quarterback than for fantasy. Um, You know, he's still a tight end, or excuse me, a quarterback too. Uh, Adrian Peterson is still going to be the main piece in this offense, although he certainly had a down game here against a pretty tough Kansas City run defense, but, you know, Peterson's still an, an RB1. Yeah, the uh, the real story here, uh, missed, missed the boat, so, sort of wish I saw the writing on the wall. Stefan Diggs looking good. I, I, was, I was a little too concerned trying to figure my way through the uh, Washington wide receiver um, cesspool last week that I completely missed on Stefan Diggs. You know, I, I'm superbly angry at myself because I, I came this close to pulling the trigger on picking up digs in multiple leagues, um, especially with, with Charles Johnson out. And I told myself that I, I would if both he and Wallace were, uh, were not playing. Um, but with Wallace in, I thought that he would get, um, you know, more production here than Diggs. Um, certainly, uh, Diggs is one of my top waiver ads for this week. He's, a, he's nothing but a low-end wide receiver three. 
maybe wide receiver four right now simply because they do still want to run the ball mostly for that offense but he's got wide receiver two upside you look at his route running you look at his ability to get separation and it's it's uncanny a very talented wide receiver um teddy bridgewater is gonna have to step his game up mike wallace is actually if he can step his game up and start to convert on some of these throws to him it's gonna open this offense up for him for everybody else and for adrian peterson who needs to get people out of his face yeah, I think I think Mike Wallace is still worth owning, um, but certainly Diggs may become the number one receiver here in Minnesota sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, definitely. As for Kyle Rudolph, he he looks slow. Um, I don't know if it's all the injuries that he's suffered through recent years. Uh, he got a touchdown here in this game, but just five targets. He's touchdown dependent. He's a tight end too. There are so many like there are so many good tight ends in this league that he's 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 an afterthought to me. Yeah, in the preseason, I thought that he was going to get used more, especially with Norvin Town, but uh, certainly that hasn't been the case. Um, next week, uh, you know, at Detroit, uh, starting Wallace, starting Diggs, uh, starting Adrian Peterson. Yep. So, okay. Cincinnati at Buffalo, one of the few undefeated teams remaining. Uh, Dalton is the number one fantasy quarterback right now, and I, I you know, It won't last. Okay, yeah, you're dead wrong there. He's a clear, uh, you know, solid QB one for me the rest of the season, especially with all the weapons he's got. Um, this is this is something I'm not going to budge on. This will turn around faster than than uh, I don't know what, but it'll turn around faster than it. That's that's ridiculous to me. He's he's beat up Buffalo now. He's beat up Seattle. I don't know what more you want to see from him. I don't know what I want to see either. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, clearly you want the next coming of, uh, of Peyton Manning. Um, but Dalton is better than Peyton at this point. Um, yeah, you're, you're looking like the smart man right now. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But, uh, for the running back situation, uh, Jeremy Hill, six carries here, 3.5 yard, yards per carry, uh, Gio Bernard with eight carries and 6.2 yards per carry. I mean, I think at this point, Jeremy Hill's more of a, touchdown dependent tight uh, excuse me running back to and and Gio Bernard's the better play now yeah we we I believe we said it last week Giovanni Bernard is is their better running back going forward yeah I mean if you can still sell high-ish on Jeremy Hill due to name value uh, I would do it I would I would do that in a heartbeat I don't know if there's anybody's that that's going to be buying though um Jeremy Hill got more work in this game got 16 carries to Giovanni Bernard's eight but that's, I mean, this is a pure game flow situation. He didn't even outproduce Bernard that much, and he was given double the carries. Yeah, and, and last week I had a friend text me asking me, uh, you know, what should I do with Jeremy Hill? And I suggested that he float some trade offers, uh, one notably for Lamar Miller, and he ended up uh, making that trade. And uh, I'm sure oh, he's a happy camper move. this week. Great um, move. I, I was excited last week talking about that. Uh, that Dan Campbell's his name. Exciting, fun, young uh, coach. Love it. Love what's going on on that Miami team right now. We'll, we'll get to that in uh, just a little bit. But um, uh, what about A.J. Green? I, I might be downgrading him a little bit to wide receiver too now simply because he's not getting those high value targets. Now, A.J. Green is still getting about 26% of the team's targets from Andy Dalton. Uh, not that much lower than you know what it's been in prior years. He's averaged about 29% uh, through the last three seasons with Dalton. Um, and Green is still on pace for 133 targets. Uh, but the problem is that Tyler Eifert and Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard are stealing those 
you know, red zone scoring opportunities. Whereas, you know, in, in years past, Dalton used to kind of lock on AJ green. Yeah. And you just named three guys. You didn't even name the guy that stole all of his value this week. Marvin Jones, who put up a very solid 95, uh, 95 yard, one touchdown game. Uh, I think I've, I think I agree with you that you've got to fade AJ green a little bit. If you can go ahead and, uh, uh, package him or something, get it, get it. Somebody that's really locked in as a monster wide receiver right now, like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I'd rather have over an AJ Green, whereas AJ Green's name still probably holds that value that you'd probably be able to get a deal done there. Um, that said, this is probably, this is going to be a low point for him. Um, Rex Ryan is a mastermind. He game planned. He took AJ Green out of that game and he made Cincinnati have to do, have to figure out a way to beat them. And I, I got to give it to Andy Dalton. He he did quite well uh, between Hugh Jackson and Andy Dalton. That running game they they did what they had to do against Rex Ryan. Yeah, and you know Marvin Jones certainly had a big game here. And and in his career, when facing uh, defenses coached by Rex Ryan, Marvin Jones has averaged more than eighty yards per game. Um, simply because I do think that Rex game plans to take away AJ Green, um, but certainly still still would want Green over Jones for the season. Um, Jones is still just a wide receiver three wide receiver four he's going to have some blow up games Um, but again uh, you certainly want a piece of that Cincinnati offense right now they are doing quite well Um, and then I I do think that you want Jones over Mohamed Sanu who's somewhat droppable to me yeah to me Sanu was was never a guy that I was looking into Um, Jones is good he probably needs to be owned but the issue with starting him is the fact of Tyler Eifert. He's his, he's his biggest worst enemy here in a fantasy situation. Yeah. Um, I've moved Tyler Eifert up to my number two tight end for the season. Just buying Gronk. Really? Uh, you finally slotted Kelsey. Is it Kelsey down because of the loss of Jamal Charles? Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. They're using Tyler Eifert like New England uses Gronk at the goal line. They're splitting him out wide. And if he's got one-on-one coverage, they're throwing him that fade. They're using him in the red zone all over the place. They trust him. And until, until we see otherwise, he's the number two receiver on this team behind AJ Green, maybe even tied for a one B role. Definitely. Eifert has great production on the season is, is very high up the tight end rankings. And that's including two. Uh, he had two key drops um, that should have been touchdowns. Uh, one, what was punched out. And then uh, one was a drop that w- that would have been uh, adding 12 more points to his total. Yeah. I, Eifert's, uh, you know, Eifert's a clear tight end one right now. Um, uh, next week, Cincinnati goes on their buy. Uh, we will discuss possible bye week villains at, every position uh, at the end of the show. Um, So moving on to the Buffalo side, EJ Manuel did okay. Um, You know, but there were some reports before this game that, you know, if Manuel did well, that uh, there would be somewhat of a QB competition between him and Tyrod. That's no, it's Tyrod Taylor when he's back healthy. Yeah, there's, there's no way this is even a discussion. Come on. Um, You know, that said though, uh, they get Jacksonville next week that uh, where Brian Hoyer just torched them for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns in If you need somebody, EJ Manuel might not be a terrible start in a pinch two quarterback league. Everyone's bought up might not be where might be worth grabbing EJ Manuel if you need him. Yeah. um, And as for the running game, LaShawn McCoy back in this game looked good. First play of the game or first carry of the game for him uh, breaks it for a 30 plus yard run. Um, Just, he looks healthy. Looked really good. A lot of people expect uh, expected Cincinnati to beat up this uh, 
Buffalo offense shut him down because so many people were out, but no, McCoy looked good. And that's what he also had a touchdown vultured from him by EJ Manuel short in. So uh, he could have added even more value to his day. Yeah, um, yeah, putting yeah. So, something together on the ground, uh, not as much through the air, managed two catches, but I expect better from him going forward. Yeah, he's he's a high RB2 right now. The the one thing I will caution is that they, they have used Carlos Williams in goal line situations in the past. We'll have to see how that workload gets sorted out once Carlos is back from that concussion protocol. Um, definitely. Don't get any crazy ideas about dropping Carlos Williams or anything like that. Definitely not. And, and I would actually advise, even though McCoy looked great in this game, um, if you can sell high on him, uh, if, if someone believes that McCoy is back to, you know, top five running back status, I would absolutely do that. I think that Carlos Williams is still going to be involved. Yeah, I actually agree there. Um, I, I would I would try and do that before Williams comes back. Uh, Rex likes to run the football, likes to run them a lot, knows the value of preserving his running backs the past couple of years between uh, uh, Ivory Powell Johnson. He's he's done a lot of split backfield carry work, so I expect the exact same going forward. Yep, and as for the receivers, uh, Sammy Watkins four for forty eight and a touchdown in this game. But again, uh, he got hurt. Uh, he may be out multiple weeks with his ankle injury. He was seen walking around in a walking boot and crutches. Um, certainly, he made the trip to London, but I I doubt that he's going to be playing this coming week and. No I was else. shocked that he played. He made the he had the quote uh, during the week that he's going to play whether his hamstrings hurt or hundred percent or not. If it pops, it or uh, it's his calf uh, with his calf hundred percent or not. If it pops, it pops. And Rex Ryan goes, "Well, if he's saying that, we're going to not leave that decision to him." Sure enough, he gets on the field and now he's hurt. Yeah, um, he was dropped in one of my leagues prior to this week. Um, if you need a spot, I, I wouldn't drop him just yet, but I certainly would be okay if you needed to. No, to way, way too, way too talented of a wide receiver to be dropped. This, this is the guy. He, he was the first wide receiver that went in drafts last year, correct? Yeah, but I mean, at this point, with all these injuries and just the way that Buffalo wants to run its offense, I'd be okay with it. Okay with dropping him? Yeah. Oh no way, must own. Okay, well, certain. I mean, certainly, you know, you can try and find someone in your league first who still believes in that. Uh, if you, if you are a Watkins owner, for me. Um, I'll try to get what I can, but uh, for me, there are other options, at, especially at wide receiver, which is a very deep position right now. Yeah, if somebody drops him, you you go get him. What you try and find in your waiver wire is cheap lottery tickets, and this guy is far, far too good of a uh, of a talent to not be owned. Um, you want to make a bet here? I, I, I say that Sammy Watkins finishes the year outside of the top 30 wide receivers. Oh, I'm not saying... So- see there's too much to go on injury there uh, but i'm just saying that when you when you get when you get guys that you want as lottery tickets you want high potential guys and this is a guy that has potential to top 15 to put up 15 20 points for you any given week yeah i just don't know how many games he's going to play this year and you know if he does put up that, those kind of games how how often they're or predictable they're going to be with buffalo's offense um okay well, yeah just just the nature of how i feel about him i don't know what sort of I don't think he's going to be top 30 or anything like that. Um, but that's like, that's like J- James Starks isn't going to be top 30 or anything, but he's definitely worth the start if Lady Lacey's hurt. I mean, that's a little different, but we'll agree to disagree on, on uh, Watkins. I'm dropping him if I, if I need the bench spot. All right. Um, but someone you're definitely not dropping Charles clay, uh, certainly with Watkins out, he's now the number one receiving option in Buffalo. 
uh, he's a solid mid to low end tight end one for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and, and just FYI, he's going to be even better with Tyrod Taylor than he has been with EJ Manuel. So um, they get Jacksonville next week. Uh, you're starting all your normal Buffalo starters. Yeah, EJ Manuel really uh, doesn't change this offense much. No, I mean, it's not as... Uh, the, the high potential is not quite there, but it's certainly still running fine. Yep, definitely. So a uh, painful game next, uh, Chicago at Detroit. Oh. Uh, some, some terrible calls here. Um, we still don't know what constitutes a, a touchdown catch in, in the NFL anymore. Um, but for, for fantasy purposes, uh, Jay Culler looking pretty good here. He's a decent quarterback, too, for those streaming quarterbacks, especially now with Alshon, Royal, Bennett, Forte, all healthy. This guy's got weapons coming out of every, everything that you can uh, have something coming out of. He's the, he's the definition of a good bi-week start. Yeah, and uh, who boy, um, you know, we, we've been saying, understandably, we're Bears fans, but we've been saying if you can buy low on Alshon while he was out with this hamstring injury, uh, please do so, and, and he showed you why in this game. Eight catches for 147 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. Uh, he's, uh, he's a wide receiver one when he's healthy. Yeah, I, I was able to buy low on him during that injury period. Um, thank you very much for the win this week. Yeah, and uh, you know Matt Forte, not much to discuss here. Ninety total yards and a touchdown. Had another one altered by Jeremy Langford. Certainly, you're you're not uh, wondering whether to start Forte. Um, Martellus Bennett here uh, not, didn't do quite as well, but he was a little banged up with that quad injury during practice this week as well. He's still a mid tight end one for me. Six for fifty nine. That that's pretty decent. Yeah, for for me, he's he's still a type uh, top top five tight end every single week that, that he trots out there. Um, is there a second wide receiver that you start with clear and defined? It was Royal when he's healthy, but it, is it still Royal for you? I, I would still want Royal uh, over Marcus Wilson. Um, if, if you had to pick one, um, I do think that Royal still gets those underneath targets, particularly in the red zone. Uh, color does still look for him. So I, I would, I would still want Royal over Wilson. Yeah, I think I, I definitely agree. Uh, definitely in a PPR, um, probably in a standard too. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Marcus Wilson really needs to be owned right now. He's, uh, But we've seen that if Jeffrey's out, then Wilson is worth a wide receiver three pickup. Yeah, uh, Jay able to move the, the football around the field. Um, Jay was able to actually, what, key in on two people and still move the football around the field. It was, it was a nice day for Jay Cutler. Uh, wish it was a nicer day for the Bears defense. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but that that will keep their fantasy value, um, you know, buoyed because they will be forced to throw and and put yeah, up points that's, and Yeah, that's that's the only reason we could even discuss Royal as a, as an option to own. Certainly, and uh, you know, with Chicago's bye week coming up this week as well. Again, we'll discuss fill-ins at the end of the show. Yep. Um, on the Detroit side here, a huge monster game by Matthew Stafford. Um, wow, just. Wow, this is like a completely different guy from last week. 405 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. Um, yeah, I yeah. Mean, you, you bench the guy, put it, put in the guy that ran out of his own end zone to uh, give the other team a free two points and possession. Um, you, that's a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, it probably this is probably exactly what Matt Stafford needed. Uh, that benching combined with uh, being able to play against Chicago's defense, who I think they've, I think they traded away every starter that was on this defense this year there might be one or two left I, i'm not i'm not certain the uh, jury's still out on that one um 
but that's what you get 400 yards and four touchdowns yeah certainly taking that in our, into consideration when we look at stafford um he's going to be terribly inconsistent he's still a quarterback too yeah uh, I, yeah yeah no, uh, nothing else to say there I, I he's not a bi-week starter for me uh chicago's defense is a great defense to start any of your players against um this this doesn't really make national news as much but they did trade away um their starting defensive end they traded away a starting defensive back they benched um one of their starting corners they traded away uh a former first round linebacker the chicago defense is an absolute mess as if uh, if nobody if anybody didn't know that already yeah that said um just looking ahead real quick, Matthew Stafford, certainly, again, just a streaming quarterback, too, but he does get New Orleans in Week 15, and he gets oh. San Francisco in Week 16, so certainly not hey. secondaries you're afraid of there. Uh, just a quick look ahead there. Um, let's yeah, talk about... If, if your quarterback's sort of shaky, somebody that might get hurt, you know, maybe if, if you're hanging on to Andrew Luck and, and you're concerned what's going on with that shoulder, seeing him be, I'd call him wildly inaccurate that game, which we'll talk about later. Maybe uh, Matt Stafford's your playoff quarterback. Yeah, um, man, that would be a scary high-risk, high-reward move. Right? <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, man, touchdown Odell Beckham Jr. in this game. Uh, that was go. pretty quick. Um, you, you put the ball in the hand of your, of your superstars, no matter how hurt they are, right? Uh, yes, sir. Um, okay, so let's talk about the Lions' backfield real quick. Another fumble from Amir Abdullah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we... We know he's the most talented running back on this team, but I think if you need to drop Abdullah, he's done nothing this year. See, I would agree, but I think a, a very unfortunate chance occurrence um, may have preserved his job for him. Zach Zenner, who was looking good, um, got got a big hit landed on him, fractured from some ribs, had a pneumothor, uh, had a collapsed lung, and he is now done for the season. Yeah, but at the same time, Joyke Bell practiced in full all week. Uh, it was likely held out because of conditioning reasons. I do think we're going to see a lot more Joyke Bell as much as nobody really wants to see that. Um, so, so there's a lot of ineffectiveness here in the backfield. To me, the only running back, and I, I hope you listened last week, to me, the only running back worth owning is, uh, in a PPR is Theo Riddick. Yeah, running back 14 right now in PPR. Certainly don't expect him to finish there for the season, but I think he can be a low-end running back to flex in PPR. Yeah, and if he if he rips off any more runs, like that one where uh, the abysmal Bears defense uh, missed tackling him, like I think, I, think, I think everybody missed him twice. I think it was 22 missed tackles before they finally got him. <laughs> if he can keep doing that, he'll just carve out a little more time on the field, especially with Abdullah putting the ball in the other team's hands this much. Yeah, if only Riddick could face Chicago every week. Um, but uh, same with Calvin Johnson. Huge bounce back uh, week. Still a low-end wide receiver one. Now that we've seen that Stafford's trying to open up the offense a little bit more. Maybe Joe Lombardi's letting him you know, uh, have a little more free reign. Uh, who knows, but Calvin, just a monster game here uh, against a great matchup, and that, that's what you, you want from your studs. You want them to beat up on bad opponents. That's what's supposed to happen, and that's why you uh, pick up guys in the waiver wire to start against bad opponent, uh, bad defenses. Lance Moore with 100 yards and a touchdown. Golden Tate still had uh, 10 points, even though he was the uh, – he. You know, he's not really doing what you expected him to do coming to the season for most of you drafters out there. Yeah, but, I don't uh, I don't know how Golden Tate got 10 points on six catches, 40 yards and a, and a fumble. But, uh, you know, that's OK. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. A, a different <laughs> we'll talk time. about that some other time. Huh? Um, 
Yeah, and just real quick, um, you know, our, our friend Adam Pfeiffer, I saw him uh, tweet this out uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, Red Zone did say to pick up Lance Moore if you needed wide receiver help. Please do not do that. Um, certainly not going to have these kind of games most weeks. No, uh, Lance Moore has done this his entire career. He did this back with Drew Brees. Um, I expect nothing like this again this year. Yeah, that said, um, one guy who is kind of interesting, uh, Tim Wright, targeted like three or four times in the red zone. Uh, if Eric Ebron is still not healthy next week, he might be worth a, a tight end to stream. Yeah, Tim Wright was the only uh, tight end playing for the Lions, funnily enough, in this game. And he uh, he did a good job beating up the Bears. D. I, it was just sad. Like He's just standing there in the corner of the end zone. Nobody's around him. You know, the guy, the defender's stumbling to try and get over there. It's just, it's just, it's sad to watch this team play. Yep. Hey, uh, higher draft pick. Um, <laughs> that's yep. all. Uh, there you go. Detroit does get Minnesota at home next week. And, and as you said earlier, uh, during the KC recap, uh, the Minnesota defense is better than advertised, but you're starting Calvin. Uh, you're starting Riddick right now in PPR leagues. And I guess you're starting Stafford if you, if you don't have a better option. You don't have a better option than Tate either, probably. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, yeah. Again, it all depends. But moving on, uh, Denver at Cleveland. Um, is it time to free Brock Osweiler? Oh no, no way! Come on. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, for for Kubiak's offense, he wants somebody who can run those bootlegs and who can you know be mobile, and that's not Peyton Manning. Yeah, they, that's not Peyton Manning, and they're they're really pigeonholing him here. Um, I I don't know how much freedom they're allowing him in this offense. Uh, it, it just doesn't look good. He looks like first of all, he's getting he's getting pressured heavily. Um, so he's got to, he's forced to make quick decisions. His wide receivers aren't doing all they need for him, and the running game until this week has given him no help whatsoever. Um, you would expect to see with a better running game, a little more production from Peyton Manning that, that, that doesn't come in the name of three interceptions and a pick six. Uh, I, but no, come on. You can't bench Manning and put Osweiler out there just like that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I mean, would it, would it shock you if we saw Osweiler versus Brady in, in the AFC championship? It would shock me because the Broncos, despite all of this, and I, I know it's it's easier to look at things with, you know, rosy smiles and cheeks when when uh, you're winning. But the bottom line is they are undefeated, which means that Peyton Manning's job should be pretty darn, you know, should should be pretty darn locked in. OK, all I'm saying is John Elway is is very objective in how he looks at his teams. And, you know, if if Peyton cost them a, a loss or two down the line here because of his interceptions or his inept throws, then I don't know. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I think, I think the answer is you've got to give Peyton Manning more of the reins of this offense. He's not the Peyton man. He's not, he's not physically the Peyton Manning that he's been in his youth, but he is cerebrally the Peyton Manning. And that's the Peyton Manning that goes out there, commands, I never once have I watched a game this year and, and felt like I'm watching him go out there and be, you know, annoying Peyton Manning, you know, go, the guy that fake snaps, the guy that changes the play four times, the guys that's throw, you know, running everybody, you know, all over the field, which way pre snap. I, 
I don't know if that's just Peyton not doing that or if that's just not within the construct of this offense, but he has the brains to defeat defenses and find this, find the holes in them. And that's just not happening this year. And I don't think that's a physical thing. Yeah. Unfortunately he, he has the brains, but not the arm anymore. Um, Denver's on by this week. Uh, I'm dropping Peyton. If I own him, uh, there's certainly Whoa. better options. He's uh, he's droppable for me. Whoa. Those are big words there, Stud Muffin. I'll take uh, I'll take Blake Bortles. I'll take Marcus Mariota. Um, I'll take a lot of quarterbacks over Peyton Manning. He's just not getting the job done. Oh my gosh! I it's I'm speechless. That's hard to do. I mean, look l- look at where he is right now. I mean, he he's not a quarterback one even. Yeah, I, I guess I'm hooked on the name. I, I don't know. Take the, take away the jersey. Take away the name on the jersey. He's not even a quarterback two right now. But he can be. But he's not going to be. How many people dropped Tom Brady last year? I mean, that's different. Um, and we'll talk about Brady in a little bit. But look, Peyton yeah, Manning is, is a quarterback is three wow. in fantasy. I guess that's why I'm speechless, because I... I I don't have a retort for it right now. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you're the one that convinced me on Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, clearly you, you can see the stats for yourself. You're just kind of holding on to uh, history for history's sake. Wow. Well, I, I am a history fan. Um, okay. But uh, honestly, um, same with the running back situation. If you, if you need to drop CJ Anderson for somebody on the waiver wire, I'm okay with it. Yeah, just don't drop Ronnie Hillman now after a 100-yard game. Yeah, I do think we're going to see Hillman become more of the the lead back now. Uh, He's certainly getting the job done, Um, obviously against the bad Cleveland defense. But again, he's looked like the better running back for now. Uh, I think he's now a low-end running back to or flex play, um, and Anderson is droppable. Yeah, you may may be right about C.J. Anderson. Me, I'm, yeah. Uh, Ronnie Hillman, low end running back to definitely a flex start, especially since if you own him, you got him for nothing. Sure. And, you know, Demarius and Sanders certainly still high end wide receiver twos. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Yeah, I I would. Like you said last week, I I would I would explore trying to trade Demarius Thomas. Yeah, you know, 10 for 111 yards, but um, some bad drops in this game, and he's just not going to get as many opportunities in the red zone as he has in past years with his offense struggling. Yeah, Peyton needs to turn this around, or or something needs to happen. Brock Brock Osweiler needs to turn this around. (laughs) But uh, anyway. (laughs) You you may be right. We'll see. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, AC sprain here. Same thing that we saw from Randall Cobb. Certainly the bye week helps. Uh, we'll have to monitor his injury status going forward. Um, but supposedly they're optimistic right now that he's not going to miss any games. Um, Owen Daniels, certainly you, you haven't been starting him. Uh, I hope you're not holding him. Um, I will say this though, with Denver's bye week this week, um, I am going to hold on to both mcmanus and the denver defense they're just so consistently good right now that i don't think you can drop them for a streamer mcmanus i think has more points than peyton manning uh yeah i I believe that is correct which is both in fantasy and in the real game (laughs) that is also correct um yeah i I think that you have to hold that kicker and that defense you you simply cannot let them go you're gonna regret it uh if you do that maybe an issue for me is in a league where i own both the defense and McManus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that well, those will be some hard cuts then. Um, that's that's called poor planning. 
yeah, keep us posted on what you decide. But uh, yep. certainly they, they've been helping you the rest of the season. So not a, not a bad call. Um, Definitely. On the Cleveland side here, Josh McCown did okay, surprisingly, uh, against the Denver defense. I think he's a decent streaming quarterback, too, going forward. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland has looked good. He, they've, they've found some playmakers. He's, I mean, the playmaker they found might just be Josh McCown. He's finding a way to get it done um, with this uh, otherwise. Um, I don't know. I, I know I'm, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm about to call uh, some of the best athletes in the world, a ragtag group of guys, but Gary Barnage, you know, making him a very productive, older tight end, you know, sort of out of nowhere. Um, Duke Johnson, Jr. Putting some stuff together, Isaiah Crowell. Um, none of these guys are o- being overly productive, except of course, Barnage, but darn it. If, if McCown isn't finding a way to put it all together and carve out some really good games for himself. Yeah. And, and look, uh, if you need to drop Peyton Manning for McCown for a starter. Oh my gosh. How, wow. T- tell me, tell me I'm wrong that if, I, if no, Denver that's, that's had McCown crazy, and Cleveland right? had Peyton, that they would have, that Denver, you know, would have been much better this game. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Um, yeah. Okay. So for, for fantasy purposes though, all three running backs here, split carries, uh, you know, it's, Definitely a bad situation. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Duke got nine carries, Krill got 11, and Turbin got 10. Right, um, I, just, I don't think we mentioned him before, right? No, and, and for, for good reason. We, we should not mention Robert Turbin's name all that much on this podcast. Uh, he's certainly not worth a pickup. Um, Duke Johnson's the guy here. That's all there is to it, really. Yeah, I, I expect Johnson to, to really start to get the ball um, more and more as this goes forward. I think uh, Turbin is going to going to be hurting Crowell um, in a lot of leagues. I, I think Crowell is probably not worth an own. In my opinion, um, I don't necessarily think Turbin is, I think they're very similar players statistically going forward. It's, it's Duke, it's Duke Johnson all day. Yeah. And uh, in terms of the receiving options here, uh, Travis Benjamin, uh, for some reason, he's still on the waiver wire, pick him up uh, in games where McCown has played the majority of the snaps. Uh, Travis Benjamin has gotten 44 targets, which is 24% of the total pie. Um, he needs to Even if on. anything goes, goes awry, that one game with Manziel, Travis Benjamin had a mighty fine day. Yeah, and uh, same with Gary Barnage. He's just making plays. Uh, there's nothing else to say, and he's getting those red zone targets, and that's what you want from your tight end. He's a must. He's a must start tight end. Definitely top ten going forward. Um, yeah, and just a quick random fantasy note here. There, there was a report that recently came out that said that Josh Gordon has been, you know, training hard, keeping in shape, uh, even Uh-oh. during his suspension. So Cleveland might be a legitimate contender next year. We'll see what happens. Scary. Um, Scary. Cer- certainly in in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues, uh, good news for Josh Gordon owners. Definitely uh, form a wide receiver for one. Hopefully he stays motivated, uh, stays, stays out of uh, the backside of cop cars and can get back on that football field. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. And, and certainly you don't love Cleveland at St. Louis coming off their bye, but you're starting Duke, Benjamin and Barnage and McCown if you need them. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So Houston at Jacksonville, uh, I was very happy with this game. Uh, I, I took a high risk shot and stacked uh, Brian Hoyer with DeAndre Hopkins and some DraftKings uh, daily lineups. Uh, that worked out pretty well. Um, we've seen that the Jacksonville defense just can't stop anybody. They are a mess still, even though they're improving on offense. Um, yeah. I even, mean, even not against Jacksonville, you're starting Foster, you're starting Hopkins every week. Very, very good players. 
Yeah, I don't know that there's much to say. Uh, a, a little no. bit of a down game from Foster, certainly 2.9 yards per carry, but Paul Pazlesny was back for Jacksonville, and they have a much better run defense with him on the field. Yeah, and, and that said, he picked, up, he picked up the slack on the receiving side of the football, the 60 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Foster's a no-brainer uh, plug-and-play RB1. Same with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm moving him up to my number two wide receiver behind Julio right now for the rest of the season. He's darn good. That, that's all there is to it. Look, I mean, he's not going to end up with these numbers, but right now he's DeAndre Hopkins is on pace for 240 targets, 139 receptions, uh, 1,936 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, even yep. even if he does regress, which he will, uh, because Houston's not going to necessarily keep up the scoring pace, um, he's still a clear, clear top wide receiver one. That's right. We can see the regression already. Last week, he was on pace for 270. I don't know if 240 <laughs> can quite cut it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sell high on your Andre Hopkins shares. There you go. <laughs> uh, that was sarcasm in case uh, you were yeah. wondering. Yeah, don't do that. Uh-huh. Don't do that at all. Uh, now, Cecil Shorts, uh, he's interesting a la Eddie Royal in PPR. Just, you know, uh, there's going to be some shootouts with this Houston defense struggling. He's a spot start if you, if you need bye week help or something. Definitely matchup dependent, very similar to an Alan Hearns um, sort of player in my mind. Yeah, you're you're starting everybody against Miami next week. Uh, we'll see if if their defense is truly reborn or if this was just beating up on Tennessee. Yeah, still still no uh, tight ends of note in this uh, on this team. Correct. Um, which is not true on the flip side, right? Uh, that is correct. Uh, you know, we've been saying all season uh, if Julius Thomas was unknown, that should not be the case. 14 points in his first game back. Yeah, he's going to be a big part of this passing offense for Bortles. Uh, what is it you always say about young quarterbacks? I think I think it's that their best friend is the tight end. Yeah, and we, we've seen uh, Julius Thomas. He's a, he's a low-end tight end one going forward uh, in that clay uh, uh, barnage uh, area, I would say. He's going to get those consistent targets. Um, Blake Bortles, he's like the number five, number six quarterback right now. The volume is going to be there even with garbage time, even with all the picks that he throws. Um, he's a quarterback one right now for me. I, I'm not buying that he's going to finish as the quarterback five or six, but I think he's going to be a low end quarterback one. Yeah, to me, he just throws too many darn interceptions. Um, you know, it, I, I can't argue with it, especially if these guys produce, but this was against a, a a Houston defense that has not been very good right now. Um, one thing I will say, if you waited on Allen Robinson's late, Allen Robinson sort of late in the drafts, you're looking smart. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, he did, uh, you know, leave this game with a leg contusion. Um, hopefully he'll, he'll check out all right and be back next week, but certainly keep an eye on that. Yep. Con- for, for, for dumb people, contusion means bruise. So it'll be fine. Yeah, and um, you know, if if he does miss any time, Alan Hearns is already doing well. Um, he gets a bump. Uh, he's a wide receiver, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, as is so far through the season. See, to me, I can't play Alan Hearns if Alan Robinson isn't in the game. He just opens up the field for him. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I do think that Hearns will make up for it in, in target volume. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, something to keep, keep an eye on, uh, Brian Walters. Um, yeah. What happened there? I, uh, you know, I've heard his name like maybe once or twice before in my life. Uh, I'm not picking him up, but, um, you know, if if you're really desperate in a deep league, if, if Robinson misses time, uh, you know, I guess throw him in there. Bortles seems to trust him a a good amount, but, uh, long-term I'm certainly not picking up Walters. 
keep an eye on him. Somebody has to benefit if Robinson's hurt. Uh, My yeah. assumption is that it's going to be Julius Thomas. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. I said yeah. if it's going to be anybody, it, it might be Thomas. Um, All okay. right. Uh, Running run- back situation? Yeah, I mean, we'll see if Yeldon's still out. I mean, you'll have to wake up early if, if he's your starter. They, they play in London next week. Yeah, um, if, if, Yel- if you own Yeldon and he's playing, he's a must-start at this point. Um, I, I don't think I would bother owning Gerhard or Robinson. Still, haven't seen what I wanted to out of the. I mean, I, I didn't want to see anything out of him, but... You no, know, only, you're uh, not getting anything out of them. Only out of supreme desperation are you going to be starting Toby Gerhardt or Denard Robinson. Yeah, extreme, extreme. Especially against Buffalo. Yep. Okay, so uh, Miami at Tennessee. Dan Campbell turning things around here. There uh, we go. Just, yeah. Um, Tannehill, he's he's back to a low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two, if, if they let Lamar Miller do Lamar Miller. <laughs> Yeah, if they can get him on the field, they gave him 20 carries, put up 113 yards on the ground and a touchdown. This is what we should have been seeing out of Lamar Miller for pretty much his entire career to this point. But he hasn't been given that opportunity. Uh, good running back has an opportunity to be a three down back and catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I like Lamar Miller. I, if, if you didn't try and get him, you'd miss your shot. Yeah, look, look at that. And you let your running back run the ball 19 times and you won. <laughs> Crazy, um, right? Yeah, uh, certainly he's a solid high-end RB2 going forward if he keeps up this workload. Um, again, your your window to buy low may have passed, but if, if somebody doesn't necessarily believe in this game this as a fluke, um, certainly try and buy Lamar Miller. Um, and, you know, as we kind of discussed in the preseason, Tannehill's spreading it around to his wide receivers. Um, both Rashard Matthews and uh, Jarvis Landry to this point in the season, about the same fantasy production. I think that and that's going to keep up because they're not going to need to throw as much, which cuts down on Landry's PPR value. Yeah. To me, uh, this, this just strengthens my, my love for Devonte Parker as a very, very, very deep sleeper. I, I don't know, maybe too deep. I mean, we just haven't seen any signs of him. Clearly he's taking more time to develop and the coaching staff doesn't quite trust him yet on the field. Uh, I'm okay with leaving him on the waiver wire until we see signs of him kind of emerging a little bit more. Just keep an eye on him. He, go, go, go to those Miami beat reporters and see what they're saying. Yeah, but again, as, as you say, you know, click those flags or stars. He's, he's a watch list guy, not a pickup. Yep. Um, somebody who may be a pickup. Uh, eight targets for Jordan Cameron on the day. Only converted three of them for catches, but one of them was a touchdown. Yeah, I think Jordan Cameron and Deion Sims, both tight end twos. Uh, you know, who knows which, which week each is going to get the touchdown. Certainly Dan Campbell, a former tight end, likes to target the tight end. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Um, <laughs> Big but, shocker, right? Yeah. but uh, again, I don't think we've heard Sims' name be even called before this week, correct? No, I mean, he's he's gotten uh, he's gotten worked into the offense, but certainly this is the first week that he's actually been Yeah, but productive. where did Stone Burnett go? Um, yeah, he was never going to be a consistent option. Sorry for all of those, uh, people out there hoping that they could rename their fantasy teams. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still tight end twos. It's going to be touchdown dependent in that offense. Um, but they do face a bad Houston defense at home next week. You're certainly starting all your normal, uh, dolphins players. Should, should be a fun game. Might see a little more trickeration. They open the season, uh, with Dan Campbell. Uh, with a Statue of uh, Liberty play. Exciting stuff. Good yeah. stuff can be coming for us in Miami. He's certainly uh, making his case to, uh, you know, stay the head coach for more than just the remainder of the season. There you um, go. 
And on, on the on the other hand here, uh, for Tennessee, we've seen that defenses are starting to take away those quick reads for Mariota. They're forcing him uh, to, you know, kind of move on to his secondary or even third options. Um, he's going to be a matchup-dependent quarterback, too. He does have a sprained MCL. Uh, we'll see how severe it is. Currently, they're saying it's day-to-day, and he may play next week, but certainly keep an eye on that. Uh, that said, I don't really, well, not that I loved any of them to begin with, but if Mettenberger plays, I'm not, I'm certainly not taking anything away from the existing, uh, existing offense. But yeah, but they weren't great to the begin Titans. with. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I might actually bump Kendall right up a little bit. Uh, he's been productive with Mettenberger. He's had a couple down weeks with Mariota. Okay. Um, certainly, uh, not out of the realm of possibility, especially maybe a few more checkdowns from Mettenberger. Yep. Um, certainly all the running backs you're avoiding, uh, just awful situation there. I don't even want to get into it, but just a full on committee in a bad running offense. Yeah. Don't want to touch any of them. We've said it too many times already. Uh, Delaney Walker again, very quietly. Nobody knows this guy. Don't know why very quietly put up another hundred yard day. Yeah. Uh, came over from San Francisco and they certainly like to use him, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, again, he's another one of those low end tight end ones, uh, simply because of the pure target volume. Definitely um, loved him this year. Real quick, though, before we moved on from the running backs, I did want to say that David Cobb is a stash in, in deeper leagues simply because um, he's the evil that we don't know. Um, if, if there's going to be any starter worth starting in Tennessee at the running back position, it, it'll be Cobb. There you go. Put him on your watch list. And uh, la- last thing, too, on D- Doriel Green Beckham, we are seeing his usage trend upwards. Oh, you know I like that boy. I, I am aware. He is Calvin Johnson light. Uh, you know, he's got that height. He's got that quickness. Um, and again, we saw he got six targets in this game compared to five prior in, excuse me, five in the four prior games total. Um, I think it's time to grab him. If you're wide receiver needy, it looks like they're starting to trust him more and, and, you know, uh, try to integrate him into this offense a little bit more. 19 yard per catch average that game. Uh, Marcus Mariota is what he is. Good quarterback. Uh, if he's hurt, if there's something that Zach Mettenberger does have, it's a strong arm. Yeah, and uh, you know they face Atlanta at home next week. Uh, certainly going to be plenty of garbage time in that game. Yeah, uh, Tennessee will be a big-time garbage time team. Um, okay, so moving on to a big, big upset this week. Uh, Carolina uh, taking, taking the win in Seattle. Uh, and actually, this week's close shave of the week is brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. With his team down three points with 32 seconds remaining in the game, Panthers tight end Greg Olson caught a 26-yard pass over the middle from Cam Newton to seal a hard-fought victory in Seattle. Uh, With that touchdown, Olson was the sole receiver in Carolina with more than 25 yards receiving, and he finished the day with 131 yards and that game-winning touchdown. Get your close shave like Greg Olson with Gillette Razors. You can pay less than $5 uh, for a month of shaves with Gillette Shave Club, join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. And a quick game break here, another Odell Beckham touchdown. Uh, He's too good. Yeah, um, and you know, as we said at the top of this show, uh, that Philadelphia secondary um, been given a big, big plays to, to wide receivers. Uh, certainly, again, the case tonight. They shelled out a lot of big money on a corner who's getting beat an awful lot this year. Yeah, Chip Kelly, uh, GM and coach, uh, not looking so hot so far. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Chip Kelly if he uh, 
if he stays with the Eagles for the next few seasons. Yeah, we know how quickly uh, fans and, and front offices clamor for a change of the face of your organization on the coaching front. Yeah, we will see. But uh, back to Carolina at Seattle. Cam Newton just making do without any weapons. He's always got that rushing upside, got that rushing touchdown in this game. He's a solid QB1 despite having no receivers. Yeah, through, through two interceptions, still has, has a great fantasy day. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know where he pulled that one out of. Uh, he is Superman after that win. Yeah, he 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 really is. As, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Stewart running on the ground. Not not a great day on the ground. Four yards to carry. Um, seen better, seen worse. Puts together two touchdowns. Uh, low end RB two for me. Yeah, low end RB two, high end RB three. I was just gonna say he's still gonna be inconsistent with Cam and Mike Tolbert stealing goal line looks. Yep. Um, look, you're not starting Carolina wide receivers. Maybe Ted Ginn in a pinch, in a real pinch. Uh, Greg Olson's for, the only guy. For me, guy. Ted Ginn's only play is if you have a good, uh, good in a daily, if you have a uh, solid defensive matchup, you start stock, uh, stack Ted Ginn and the, uh, and the uh, special teams. That's the only way I'm putting Ted Ginn on my field. Yep, um, I absolutely agree there. Um, again, Greg Olson's the only receiving option in Carolina worth owning. Uh, the only reliable guy, top five tight end. Um, for me right now, it's Gronk, Eifert, Graham, Gates, and then Olsen. Say again? Sorry? Gronk, Eifert, Graham, Gates, and then Olsen. Wow, where'd Kelsey go? Um, I'm, I'm downgrading Bennett and Kelsey to about 6-7. Uh, you know, flip-flop those as you will. Bennett simply because... Uh, with the offense doing better in Chicago, uh, there will be more opportunities, but also there's going to be um, you know, other slices of the pie taken away by guys like Alshon and Eddie Royal. Um, and then Kelsey, just because that offense is struggling mightily in general. I, I don't see that many red zone looks for them. I don't, I don't want to make a, a, longish, a long debate about it, but even with all those options last year, Martellus Bennett still had the most targets uh, as a, uh, of any tight end in the league. Just don't want to take too much away from. Him. I get that, but uh, and, and it, I'm certainly not, you know, downgrading him outside of a tight end one. You're but, not, not, you're not benching him. I guess point taken. Yeah, no, I'm just, I prefer Olson simply because of the massive amount of targets he's going to get. Sure. Um. Yeah. A lot of targets thrown to the tight ends here between Ed Dixon and Greg Olson in this game. Um. And that's Jimmy an ugly Grant wide receiver situation. On the other no side. funches and bunches. I was, I was hoping. Kelvin Benjamin needs to come back to this team. That's that's. That's the bottom line. Yeah, but uh, the Panthers just making it happen with or without him. Uh, they're scrapping, sc- excuse me, scraping together wins, and that, they're kind of legit right now, even though they're kind of just piecing pieces together with duct tape, it seems. Undefeated with the Chicago Bears' own Ron Rivera. Yeah, certainly uh, Philadelphia um, going to Carolina next week. Uh, as you said, maybe a Ted Ginn game. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, so let's move on to Seattle. Uh, you know, big tight end game on both sides. Jimmy Graham yeah. here. Um, wow. You know, this is the reason that he's still my tight end too right now for the rest of the season. They're finally, you know, finding the right way to get uh, Graham more involved in the offense. And he seems to be clicking more on Russell Wilson on those broken plays where Wilson's scrambling around looking for somebody to get open. And it's about time because he's far too good to be used so little. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's be quickly becoming the number one option uh, in Seattle, as he should have been all along. Um, but certainly a, a slow start, but now he's he's heating up. Uh, my tight end three, just behind Tyler Eifert. Uh, 
but I can certainly understand if he's still your tight end too. Yep. There you go. Um, that said, uh, Carolina's defense is known for, I, I know they don't have a wide receiver one quote unquote in uh, Seattle, but Carolina is known for shutting down wide receivers. Sure. Certainly with uh, Josh Norman there, um, he's quickly emerging as a very good corner. Um, but on, on the other hand, uh, Marshawn Lynch also got going in this game, looked good, uh, looks healthy again. And, and certainly you're not worried about Thomas Rawl stealing looks. He got one carry in this game. He's a handcuff only at this point. Yep, a, a very high high end handcuff, but just a handcuff. Sure, absolutely. Um, certainly not a not a Ryan Matthews where you're worried that he's going to steal work. No, nothing like that. Um, okay, so Seattle goes to San Francisco next week. Uh, not worried about that defense right now. Uh, starting start up, everyone. Yeah, yeah start everyone. Uh, even even Baldwin or Curse if you're desperate at wide receiver. They they <laughs> seem to somehow just torch San Francisco. Sneaky daily play. Yep. Um, okay, so San Diego at Green Bay, just, wow, this game was awful on many, many <laughs> fronts. Um, but Phillip Rivers just slinging the ball everywhere. Uh, you know, so many pass attempts, but he's a QB1 going forward with, you know, offensive line issues forcing the Chargers to be a very pass-heavy offense so far this season. I'm a Rivers guy. I liked him coming to the season. He just uh, reminded you why he... Uh why he's still a quarterback in this league. A lot of people don't like him. He's very effective, throws the ball very well. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, ineffective, however, this running game. The the Packers are not good at stopping the run. Um, what do they have, 60 yards on the ground? Yeah, um, another Melvin Gordon fumble, too. You just yeah, can't start true. him right now. He's a flex play at best. Yep, uh, just solidifies Danny Woodhead as the guy I want in my mind. Uh, he only put eight yards together on the ground, 1.1 yards carry average, but uh, then still had five catches, 60 yards. He's the only guy I want uh, running out of that backfield. Yeah, almost had the game-tying touchdown with no time left on the clock. Uh, Woodhead's a high running back two, if not a low running back one, simply because of volume. I've said it before. I, I will say it again. I do expect by the end of the season, by playoff time, if you really need to lean on a charger, Gordon's going to be the guy that starts to get the bulk of the work, but he needs to, he needs to start producing. We're getting far too late in the season for him to have a showing like this. I think it's also, again, offensive line issues, uh, not all his fault, but certainly needs to at least hold on to the ball to, to gain more trust. Yeah. Um, Keenan Helen, just a ridiculous amount of targets and catches in the first half alone. Um, yeah. uh, although he did get hurt here, he has a hip flexor. Um, certainly very important to monitor his status, uh, whether he practices and all that during this week. Um, it is possible that he may be out up to three to four weeks, but we'll have to see the severity of this injury. Yeah, uh, the, the got to go after there. I, I think Floyd got the most, the majority of the looks, um, but I, for me, it's Don Trelly Mon. Um, or in man or however you might say that name. <laughs> that was um, the weirdest pronunciation of his name that I've ever heard. <laughs> what did I? What did I even say? In man? You said Dantrell Iman. <laughs> it, it, it's just okay. Well, I, I believe it for for those of you out there. I believe it's Dantrell Inman. But uh, anyway, um, I I do think that even though Not Floyd, in man, <laughs> even though Malcolm Floyd had five for ninety five here, I still like Stevie Johnson if he can get healthy again. Um, I still think he's the guy here with if Allen is going to miss any time. Yeah, he has to get healthy, though. Yeah, sure. I, I'm just saying that if they're all starting, my pick is going to be Stevie. If not, 
I, I think it's going to be a, kind of a roulette with Floyd and Inman. Take your pick. Yeah, if it's not, then Greensville, you may, may come back. I, I don't think it's necessarily gone. Ladarius Green. No, it, it's not necessarily gone, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, Ladarius Green got a touchdown in this game. He's still getting targeted in the red zone. Um, you know, he's still a startable tight end, too, even with uh, Antonio Gates in. I mean, if you need to stream somebody, uh, Green Green could be it. That's very hard for me to say to to start two tight ends from one team, though. Yeah, but they're they're utilizing those uh, short passes so much with the O line not being able to block that there's going to be value there. They're going to be throwing the ball a ton. That's absolutely true. And if if you subtract fifteen targets from Keenan Allen this game, they got to be distributed somewhere. Yeah, and just real quick, speaking of the the dual tight ends, um, tough loss in Green Bay, but um, you know they get Oakland at home, who just doesn't know how to cover a tight end. Apparently, if you if you own Green while uh, Gates was suspended, and you still have both of them, I wouldn't mind flexing Ladarius Green and starting Antonio Gates. Boy, that would be interesting. I mean, I could see both of them getting a touchdown in, in this coming week. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't knock that out of the realm of possibility whatsoever, especially in the ways that they can. Uh, they're not, you know, old school tight ends where you have to keep them on the line. You know, the, these Jimmy Graham, these big basketball uh, player type tight ends, um, you can get out there and use as wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a worth shot this week uh, against an, an Oakland defense that certainly isn't scaring anybody. Yeah. Um, so Green Bay side of the ball here, uh, there's nothing to see. Aaron Rodgers is the number two quarterback through six weeks. Nothing to talk about there. Um, but man, oh man, Eddie Lacy. Um, they came out after the game that Lacy was still banged up with this ankle injury. Uh, but you know, we heard nothing throughout the week about this. Clearly, they tried to you know keep it quiet, which is terrible for fantasy owners. Just awful. Mike McCarthy, come on. Just another reason for me to hate the Packers organization, right? <sighs> yeah, not 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 that we need it anymore as uh, as yeah. Bears fans. But um, anyway, hopefully uh, Eddie Lacy, I still think is a buy low simply because if he can get healthy during this bye week, it's getting colder. Winter is coming, and they <laughs> do want to run more uh, as the weather usually gets colder, and that that is why Eddie Lacy kind of gets hot towards the end of the season. Those cheese eaters do like their snow. Um, and the bye week couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, and as far as this running game goes, uh, as far as the offense goes, not even just the running game, we've seen that losing Jordy is a huge impact to the offense in general without anyone to really stretch the field. Very true. Um, but as, as you've mentioned multiple times, James Stark is a must own handcuff, uh, for anyone that, you know, desperately started him, uh, this week certainly paid off. Yep. And now we can add another name to the list of Green Bay Packers that need to be owned. Owned uh, Jeff Janis. I don't know if he needs to be owned, but he's certainly worth a pickup if you have the bench spots. Because again, you want a piece of this offense. If you owned Montgomery and you're preparing to drop him, then you are picking Jeff Janis and putting Jeff Janis in that spot more than likely. Um, agreed. But also, Devonte Adams may have been dropped in some leagues. Again, I don't think he's the best player, but. You know, in this offense, even as the number three option behind Cobb and Jones, I, I still think that Adams will have some flex value. Oh, definitely. I, I, I think he should preserve it. He just needs to get get uh, get himself in gear. Yeah. And similarly, how worried about you? Excuse me. How worried are you right now about Randall Cobb? So Randall Cobb has uh, what does he have? A AC shoulder separation, I think. 
Yeah, supposedly he's been fine. He's been practicing in full. But again, I think this bye week is going to help the Packers immensely on all fronts, simply because it seems like everybody's banged up with these injuries that we are not hearing about. They'll heal up. They're going to shore up their offense. Um, looking at the numbers, even with the poor production, Randall Cobb's still on pace for like 950 yards and 11 touchdowns or something like that. He's going to be just fine. That said, though, um, I do want to point out that outside of that huge blow up game where Randall Cobb had uh, that, you know, that three touchdowns, he has had fewer than 50 yards receiving in four out of six games this year. That is concerning. That is concerning, but at the same time, he's the exact kind of player that can single-handedly win you any given week. Understood, but if I, if I can sort of sell high on Cobb right now for a maybe... Okay, how crazy is this? Um, how close would you be to considering Travis Benjamin for Randall Cobb? Like, like... In a what trade. do you mean? You'd rather have Travis Benjamin than Randall Cobb? I, I still want Cobb, but if someone gave me, let's say, Travis Benjamin and like an RB2 that I needed, I would consider that. Oh, and an RB2? Yeah, I'm not saying straight up, but if you could get Travis Benjamin and another piece, I, I think I would take that. I don't know. I, I can't really talk about that in a vacuum. I'd, I'd have to see the rest of the team construct. But I, I don't know. To me, that that's too much. He, he's too high potential. You want high potential players on your team. Okay. I'm just, I'm a little bit worried about Cobb. Certainly not selling low on him, but if you can get yeah. decent value, I, I wouldn't hesitate that much. Yeah. Um, exactly the same for Eddie Lacy. I, I can't, I can't tell you to sell low on Eddie Lacy, and I wouldn't want to sell low on Eddie Lacy. Both of these guys are going to be just fine. Yeah. I, I definitely agree on Lacy. Um, so again, Green Bay Packers going on by this week. Hopefully that'll fix a lot of their issues. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly we will discuss more uh, potential bye week fill-ins at the end of the show here. Yeah, enough Packer talk. I'm done with these guys. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so Baltimore at San Francisco. Uh, Joe Flacco, he was fine against the bad San Francisco secondaries, but, you know, again, still just a quarterback to a uh, decent streaming guy. Um, certainly with the Ravens defense forcing a lot of shootouts and garbage time production from the offense. Forsett getting the start this game, uh, put together 60 yards on the ground. Um, you, you never like not knowing who to start, though, going into the day. I hate those late start games when it's questionable. If you, if one of your running backs playing, do you try and make room for Buck Allen? Uh, it's hard for me to justify owning Buck Allen, He's an, even as a Forsett owner. Yeah, I mean, Forsett looked good despite the supposed ankle injury, um, and clearly Allen's just a handcuff here. Again, he's not not a must-own, as you, as you mentioned, and Steve Smith is just not human uh, sim- simply because he's played now two weeks after, you know, his back injury, which Fractured is... Fractured vertebrae, the bones in your back, he cracked them yeah and and, here he is putting up 140 yards (laughs) yeah i don't know um you know you gotta ride him until he's done but again if you can i i would sell high on steve smith i mean the guy isn't a spring chicken at this point we saw him break down later on last season i just i don't trust that he can keep this up i agree all right um crockett gilmore and max williams they're gonna cannibalize each other's fantasy production they're just both mid low end tight end twos if, if one of them were to get hurt a la you know Dwayne allen and kobe fleener may be worth the pickup but until then yeah i mean Justic is out there taking value too oh yeah um yeah i don't know that's just 
the Baltimore yeah. is just a mess right now, but um, they go to Arizona next week. Uh, I mean, you got to start for set you got to start Steve Smith, but I'm tr- trying to avoid everybody else against that Cardinals. Well, defense. well the other guy that people probably own is Kamar Aiken. Um, I'm not starting him anywhere that I can help to not start him. Yeah. Uh, again, especially not against uh, Patrick Peterson or, or I guess Smith would get matched up with Peterson, but that, that Cardinals defense oh, it in doesn't general, matter. they're going to eat Flacco alive. Yeah, um, certainly an outlier that Pittsburgh was able to produce such numbers against them. Um, on the other side here, San Francisco, Kaepernick, 340 yards and two touchdowns. Again, this is the Baltimore defense. Start everyone against them going forward. Yep. Uh, Carlos Hyde, though, he left the game and then returned with a foot injury, but didn't look great here. Um, definitely important to check his status throughout the week. Um, if he were to miss time, I, I think Mike Davis is the guy here. He's the guy that got on the field. He got a carry. Um, I don't know that I'm excited about him, uh, but he would be the guy. I, I think there's better options if you really need one. But yeah, if especially he's, against if there's Seattle. value in an NFL starter, though. Yeah, I was going to say, especially against Seattle this coming week. Uh, yeah. certainly don't want to trust that. Um, I mean... I, I I try. I'm trying not to be too uh, egotistical, but said last week, um, Bolden is, and especially Torrey Smith revenge game here against Baltimore. Huge day. Yeah, Bolden had a nice day. Torrey Smith both had a, both uh, both had nice big days. Torrey Smith came away with the touchdown, so I guess you technically win the uh, board bet on that one. <laughs> but Bolden Bolden had a mighty fine day himself. He did. Um, again. But, uh, you know, bench them next week or drop them against uh, Seattle. Certainly not trusting them. Exactly. Um, look, Bruce Miller had 89 yards. That's how terrible this Baltimore defense is. <laughs> you're not picking him up, okay? Um, and you're not you're not playing any San Francisco tight ends either. Where's Vernon Davis? Uh, I don't know. He, I think he switched out spots with Brian Quick on whatever plane they were on. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, uh, Vernon Davis decided to be a nice guy and take that window seat, and then now he's just gone. Yeah, he was. He, I think he booked a flight on what Air Malaysia to uh, Baltimore. Oh, too too soon. <laughs> too soon. It was like seven years ago. Okay. All right. Um, regardless, uh, Vernon Davis certainly. Certainly dropping him in, in even in the deepest of leagues at this point. Let's move on now to New England. At My condolences Indy. to anybody, uh, any of our listeners whose lives may have been touched by the Air Malaysia. Yes, uh, good I recovery kid, I there. Um, okay, New England at Indy. Brady's a QB1, nothing to say here. Um, just a quick note that Marcus Cannon, the replacement left tackle after Nate Solder got placed on IR, he hurt his toe. Uh, but he is expected back without any issues, really. So good good news for the Patriots offense in general. Uh, didn't need to lose another lineman there. And as predicted, a, a big LeGarrette Blunt game. Um, you know, certainly st- I still want Deion Lewis going forward over Blunt, though. Um, yeah, it's really going to be a game-by-game thing. Uh, as, as a prior, as, as a well-known prior uh, running back owner for the Patriots, I see the ups and downs. I see, uh, I've seen the game flow. I, I think I've finally started to get a little bit of a hang on how, how, uh, Belichick wants to use his running backs. I did figure blunt would be fine in this game. And he was, uh, I, I'm a little surprised how little, uh, Lewis was used to be honest. 
Well, here's the thing. I mean, one, I, he did have, you know, that abdomen injury during practice this week. Certainly sure. still played, but you would imagine that was somewhat of a limiting factor, even if he still looked good on the field. And two, the thing is that, yes, New England Patriot running backs are inconsistent, but at least this year, Bill Belichick has been consistently inconsistent, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, you can kind of sense uh, which games are going to be big running games, running out the clock with Blunt, and which games are, you know, like against the New York Jets next week. I imagine more of a Deion Lewis game, you know, get, get some more quick, quick passes off instead of running up against that tough front. Um, I do think that you'll be somewhat able to predict which running back to start. Yeah, it'd be most fun for Patriots fans if uh, they both were able to have big games like that one week where uh, Blunt had three touchdowns because that means that they're beating people early and then they're smashing the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, on the receiving front here, big night for Danny Amendola, over 100 yeah. yards receiving. Um, again, that was mostly due to Julian Edelman dislocating one of his fingers early on in this game. He couldn't really catch well after that. He had a lot of body catches and quite a few drops, one of which led to an interception. Uh, Brady's first of the season. Um, you know, hopefully it should be a minor injury. He certainly played through it. Uh, but um, Amandola worth a pickup if Edelman decides to take a week off or so to heal. Um, yeah, just another reason to pick up Brandon LaFell, too. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, yeah. reports are that he's been looking good. Uh, he may need some conditioning to, you know, get back, but certainly worth uh, worth a start. Uh, Keyshawn Martin is has been doing okay, but certainly, you know, not the same amount of chemistry that we saw from LaFell last year. Keyshawn Martin's the next Kenbrell Tompkins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're not picking up him, and Aaron Dobson certainly not. Uh, Odell Beckham with oh, another yeah, catch too, here. Yeah um just wow beckham uh even even with that hammy clearly uh doing well um not much to say about gronk here uh, they shut him out the first half but you can only you can only slow down gronk for so long uh, he got his 50 yards and a touchdown here uh, not a monster game as i had envisioned for him but i think edelman um being hurt by that injury certainly limited the entire offense you can't stop him but you can contain him and they contained him for 50 yards and a touchdown <laughs> yeah, and uh, you're not worried about the Jets next week. You're starting all your Patriots as normal. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much blunt in that game. Right. So uh, on the other side here, Andrew Luck, back to a solid QB1. He looks healthier. His shoulder looks fine. I mean, certainly um, you know, not a whole lot to say here. As you mentioned, still not the most accurate and certainly using his body to throw a lot more than in the previous uh, games, but he's a QB1 now. Yeah, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions um, against a not very good secondary, of course, but still managed to put together 300 yards while missing big time, missing high a lot. I, I expect this to get ironed out during practice. Um, I, I think he's going to be back to, you know, top five quarterback. Yeah, but you saw him, you know, exerting a lot of force, that back leg coming way off the ground while, while he's finishing throws. Certainly the shoulder's not 100%, but for fantasy purposes, he's good enough to start for the Colts. He's good enough to start for your fantasy team. He's a young stud. He can handle it. Yeah, and uh, Frank Gore here did okay, uh, but he had about 40 yards of runs called back due to holding penalties. Um, he'll get more goal line chances uh, when they're not uh, losing uh, for most of the game, as you imagine, for most of their matchups, hopefully they shouldn't be. I think Frank Gore might have like 200 yards and two touchdowns that has already been stolen from him by his own uh, offensive line with holding calls. 
Yeah, um, you know, Gore's still a clear RB2 going forward. Uh, I do want to mention that Ahmad Bradshaw, he got four carries and one reception on one target despite signing with Indy just on Tuesday. Um, I do yeah. think Bradshaw's worth a pickup. We saw that he got lots of red zone targets last year. Luck trusts him. He knows the offensive system pretty well. Uh, I do think he's must-own. Yeah, this is this is too powerful of an offense to uh, to ignore him. Yeah, and on the other hand, though, I think Moncrief and Hilton are now 1A and 1B for the targets, and the rest is unownable right now because you, they're simply so inconsistent. I can't disagree with that right now. Yeah, um, two things. I would buy low on both Moncrief and Hilton if possible. Moncrief, if, if his owner is still unsure of what he has in Moncrief, um, if you still think Hilton's the guy, and and on the on the flip side here, buy it low on Hilton if his owner is panicked and think that Moncrief is going to take all the targets because it's going to be both of them. Would you try and what if say you were a Hilton owner? Would you try and trade for Moncrief and something else? Yeah, if you can, I th- I think they're roughly equal value from this point forward. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So yeah, if if any owner in your league values one significantly higher than the other, then I would trade for you know the other guy. Half of fantasies knowing your value. Yeah, and you know the the difference in market value is what allows for trades to happen like that. Yep. Um, okay, so no one else really worth a pickup. Again, Allen and Fleener, they're going to eat into each other's values. Same with Andre Johnson and Philip Dorsett. Um, they get New Orleans in Indy next week. Start everybody. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. All right, so notable buys, uh, Chicago, Cincinnati, Denver, and Green Bay. Uh, Quarterbacks on buy, Jay Cutler and Andy Dalton, because no one's starting Peyton Manning at this point, right? Um, People might still be. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is the big miss here. Right, and so actually a lot of quarterbacks on buy this week. Um, As we mentioned before, EJ Manuel at Jacksonville, Brian Hoyer torched him. Uh, if, If Tyrod Taylor... Um, is was dropped um, either him or Manuel, whoever's starting worth the pickup for me yeah for me the play is uh, Fitzpatrick that's the man I'm going with yeah I agree uh, as I said he is the guy that I picked up in a league where Rogers is going to be on by uh, and certainly Derek Carr if uh, anybody dropped him during the Oakland buy uh, he gets San Diego not the best matchup but I think he'll be fine a lot of workable options here yeah, and for running backs, uh, big misses are going to be Forte, Hill, and Bernard. Um, yeah. Same as Peyton Manning. Is anyone really relying on CJ or Hillman? You know, and then uh, Eddie Lacy. You know, I don't know that you're really going to miss him on the bye week. If anything, you might get more production from whoever you pick up right now. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, uh, I guess Denard Robinson or Toby Gerhardt if you're desperate. Um, but uh, a, a name here that not a lot of people are talking about, Marcel Reese, um, in their last game before the bye week, uh, Oakland actually used him quite a bit, uh, especially in the passing game as well for PPR leagues. So Marcel Reese might be a, a sneaky bye week pickup here. Yeah, he's a team captain, got a lot of looks. Um, and one last thing, obviously, Kristen, Michael, and Darren McFadden, if they are on the waiver wire, uh, Kristen, Michael must own McFadden, depending on your situation. Yeah, you uh, you sniffed that one out early. Uh, you, you, you jumped on the Michael thing, I think, about three weeks ago, and now all the reports out of Dallas are, is that they are going to give him every chance to uh, to take away the starting job. 
Uh, not good news for Joseph Randall owners. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about Michael for a couple weeks now. Uh, I told him I I told everybody that he's a must add as soon as that news came out that he was going to get worked in more. And the reports are that he's been getting all the first team reps uh, this week during the bye. So certainly uh, hopeful there. Um, on the wide receiver front, um, we just got Alshon back, and now he's going to be out. But good, <laughs> he gets he gets a week to you know hopefully rest up um, after good. his first game time action in, in some time. Um, same with Eddie Royal, if you're relying on him. Um, AJ Green, Demarius, and Sanders notable losses, and then Randall Cobb and James Jones as well. Um, yeah, again, one of my top waiver wire pickups this week, Stefan Diggs at Detroit. Certainly not a scary defense. He's a he's yeah. a must own for me. Oh, uh, I should be able to fill in quite nicely, especially in this bye week. It sounds like uh, a lot of what's that seven big time uh, wide receiver one high wide receiver two is going out. Yeah. Um. Again, if you're desperate, if Allen Robinson's out, maybe Brian Walters. Again, if you're really desperate. Um. And then uh, we'll see how Josh Huff finishes out tonight. Philly Philly not looking the greatest right now, but uh, if Aguilar does miss time, maybe a couple deep shots to Huff. We'll see. How about Riley Cooper? Oh, man. Riley Cooper. Yeah, I, I suppose if you must. Um, but again, one name, um, Dwayne Harris, um, slot receiver for the Giants. He was, him earlier. he was also formerly a Dallas Cowboy, so maybe that revenge game factor. We'll see. Um, you your revenge certain, games. Hey, worked <laughs> out for Torrey Smith. It, it did. You're not wrong. Um, all right, and then on the tight end front, Martellus Bennett, Tyler Eifert. Um, you know, again, Deion Sims, not a bad pickup here. Deion Sims, I still like, uh, oh, what's the other one? Jordan Cameron. Sure, I mean, that, you know, flip a coin. Uh, one of those uh, Miami tight ends. All right. Um, again, would not drop McManus or the Denver defense here. Um, Green Bay, their defense has done well, but if you need to drop them, certainly okay. Um, Minnesota gets a good uh, matchup against Detroit, and then Washington actually doing is it all really right. a good matchup after after he just threw four touchdowns and five billion yards though? Yeah, because the, the Minnesota defense is is a quite a bit better than the Chicago defense, so I, okay. I still think that Stafford's going to throw a couple picks in that game. Okay, um, and then similarly, the Washington Redskins defense goes against Jameis Winston, so uh, possibility for six to eight uh, interceptions here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or vice versa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense possibility yeah. of six to eight interceptions on Cousins. So <laughs> either one of those guys, decent uh, bye week defensive pickups. Not wrong at all. Um, yeah. So do you want to recap some of the uh, waiver wires real quick? Sure. Real quick. Uh, just just to reiterate, Christine Michael needs to be owned. Uh, you go out of your way, you get him, uh, especially if you're a Joe Randall owner and he's sitting there. You don't want to. Uh, you, you spent a top four, uh, top four pick on Joe Randall. You don't want to throw it all away uh, just like that. Um, Stefan Diggs, you like him. I like him. And we both missed on him. And we are both going to end up paying for him. Probably uh, probably trying to beat each other out for him if we can. Right? Yeah, I, I think you got to spend at least 20 to 25 bucks on him. I, I in a hundred, I, I agree. I think he's worth a good quarter of your budget right there. Um, and um, Krista Michael, by the way, worth at least half your budget, at least simply for the potential there. Yeah. A lot, a lot of potential there. Roma will be coming back soon. Des will be coming back soon. This could be, this could potentially be a running back that powers you through the playoffs. Yeah. This is a potential season changing guy. That, and that's what you're looking for on the waiver wire. Not, not just bi-week starters. 
this could be your Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, very, very possible. Yep. We wait. We waited for him for years in in, in Seattle, and it never happened. But this could be the time. <laughs> um, also, just quickly, I mentioned Jeff Janis. If you're a Ty Montgomery owner, or if you're a Packers fan, um, similarly, if you're a, a Gore owner or an Indy fan, you're probably going to want to back them up with Ahmad Bradshaw. Two very high-powered offenses. Um, you don't want to miss out on the points there. Uh, Danny Amendola, Brandon LaFell mentioned LaFell last week. Hope you got him then. Uh, he's going to cost you now. Yeah, and one last one. Again, Darren McFadden, uh, he got kind of used in that Lance Dunbar pass-catching role after Dunbar went on IR. Uh, certainly worth a shot in PPR leagues. Yeah, definitely, uh, especially with all the big uh, bye weeks for running backs this week. I think he can fill in very well. He is an established role. He uh, caught some good passes out of the backfield. Um, very similar to him if he's unowned in a PPR league, uh, Joyke Bell. Uh, maybe. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, I'm so- I'm, I, miss- I misspoke. Theoretic. Oh, Theoretic is a, uh, he, on, on that point, he's not a maybe, he's a must-own for me right now. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's not going to finish as the running back 14 in PPR leagues, but he's he's got a shot to finish the season as a low-end running back, too. Yep. Um, okay, so real quick, one good matchup you love and one terrible matchup that you hate. Sure, a uh, good matchup to watch for is uh, Pittsburgh. Should uh, go out here, try and make uh, come back a little bit. Well, not come back. They they're they're on a roll right now. Um, they should be trying to uh, smash up that Kansas City Chiefs defense. Play Martavis. Play Antonio Brown with confidence. Um, should be fun. Yeah, and uh, for me, it's it's Carson Palmer. Four hundred twenty passing yards against the Steelers. What is he going to do to Baltimore at home? <laughs> Six hundred, seven hundred. We'll see. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be nice to watch. <laughs> um, so one bad matchup that you don't want. Uh, fourth set against Arizona. Um, Arizona is a tough defense to run against. Fourth set. Uh, he hasn't been great. He finally got on a roll these last three weeks, but I'm looking for Arizona to completely stuff them. Yeah, and uh, similarly for me, uh, we mentioned real quick before, um, I started as many San Francisco 49ers as I could against Baltimore this past week. Uh, next week against an angry Seattle team coming off a bad loss. I would uh, be angry. Yeah, I, I'm not starting any 49ers if I have to. Maybe Carlos Hyde if I, if I have to. Yeah, I, Cam Chancellor might just you know break some people in half. Yeah, I, I would not want to be Colin Kaepernick uh, this coming week. No, um, definitely not. <laughs> all right, well, that is going to wrap up our week six show. Uh, we hope that you got some good advice here, and hopefully you're you're doing pretty well in your leagues. Uh, but again, uh, there's still time. It's still relatively early. Don't give up just yet. Uh, keep scouring that waiver wire. And as always, we're here for any questions you might have. Uh, feel free to reach out on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Lowe's. You can also reach our super producer, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan. Uh, be sure to find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, as aforementioned. Uh, log into your uh, iPad, uh, your iTunes app, uh, podcasting app. Search Fantasy Football Addict. Subscribe to the podcast so that all of the current and future episodes are automatically downloaded for you. You don't have to wait for them. Yeah, I mean, we all know how much you love hearing Los's voice. So, oh, thank you. All right, and uh, as always, uh, it's a fantasy world. Uh, well, really, it's a Devonte Freeman world, and we're just all addicts in it. <laughs> Thanks, addicts. <laughs>